keys, tackle box in my hand Gonna cast a few lines with my toes in the sand Pulling in a big catch makes me feel like a man But the wife, she just don't understand I love walleye, perch, trout and bass And if you don't like fishing, you can kiss my four-stroke right in the back Cause the fishes all tremble at the thought of me When I'm fishing for in country Coming up today, we'll reveal the answer to this week's Fish and Paul Bunyan Country trivia question. We have another tough question for the aquatic biologist, but first, we get to talk with one of the greats of Paul Bunyan Country. Checking in with one of our very good friends at Fish and Paul Bunyan Country, and has been since day one, Dwayne Peterson of Northland Fishing Tackle, Hall of Fame angler. Dwayne, uh, you were just talking off the air, what a great summer it's been so far. It really has. You know, if we could take those couple storms we had out of the picture here the last uh this past week, it's been a beautiful month of June, and once we got uh, that late spring out of the way, it's kind of turned to summer, and it, it's been a it's been a beautiful weather pattern. What's been the hot bite lately? Well, what species you talking? I guess if you're if you're talking walleyes, I I I fished some, uh, not as much as I did, you know, that early part of the year. But uh, there's a there's a shallow water water uh, bite going on out there right now there's uh, uh i think a lot of the walleyes have moved back up uh in and around the sand flats and on the uh the cabbage patches and i think the the development of the weeds has, has started and and uh, the water is getting a little bit of a uh you know is, is getting not quite as clear as it was early on there uh and i think that shallow water movement has made for some good daytime fishing on a lot of our lakes particularly Lake Bemidji. Okay. Um, yeah, you know, uh, it's been a really good walleye bite. actually lasted through much of June, and, and we're into July now. Right, and if we can hold up another couple of weeks, we'll, we'll be good to go because we'll get some, some good fishing again, uh, you know, mid to late August and September, of course. But uh, I think the fishing for the walleyes has held up pretty good. Uh, the people that I'm talking to, uh, you know, area lakes are, are doing quite well. Uh, there, there's some people still fishing at night that are doing well, pulling uh, rapalas and, and hard baits. Uh, there's people fishing offshore a little bit, rigging leeches and crawlers. And, and uh, uh, But I think the bright spot has probably been the, the movement back to the shallows that are, are producing fish uh, in and around the weed lines. If you had to pick a lake for walleye fishing right now, where would you head? I'd go to Bemidji. I'd go to Bemidji. I think it's been... Uh, it's been the most consistent, and uh, i got a nice run of fish out there right now and, and uh, a lot of options out there with the, the structure that's there. You've got the, the west shore. You've got that northeast corner sand flats. You've got Diamond Point Bar and, and uh, an entire perimeter, really, of vegetation that uh, has the potential to produce uh, not only walleyes, but the pike are going out there and the perch are biting pretty good. And, and, uh, you know, I would say Bemidji, uh, you know, there's obviously a lot of other options. Uh, I think secondly, I would opt for one of the bigger lakes, whether it be Leech or Winnie or, or Red Lake. Uh, Cast Lake Chain, I haven't been on much this year, but I understand the bite over there has been good, particularly low light conditions and, and uh, you know, after dark. we got so many options walleye-wise that uh, just keep on the move. Uh, on the other hand, the... Uh, you know, the bass and panfish have, have set up as well. The, the largemouth fishing, which I've done a lot of here the last month, has been very good. Uh, I've fished a lot of places and uh, consistently catching largemouth, uh, not only on the weed line on some of these lakes, but way up shallow in the, the pads and rice and, and shallow vegetation. Uh, I've had a lot of 
topwater frog fishing this year that's been very good for me. And, uh, and the crappies and, and, and bluegills are setting up on the weed lines on the lakes that have them. And uh, just a, it's a good time to be fishing. The one thing about uh, crappies, bluegills, and bass is uh, if, if they're in the lake, uh, they're probably biting. Uh, you don't have to say, well, this has got a hot bite, this has got a hot bite. When bass are going, they're going. They are. They're pretty cooperative and just got to seek them out in the niches that they're in, you know. And, and one thing about the largemouth bass is that all of our lakes have them. Uh, the lakes that are primarily, you know, walleye and pike lakes force those bass real shallow. It's just like at Lake Bemidji, you know, there's a nice population of bass there, as we found out last year when mm-hmm. the, the National uh, Collegiate Tournament was here. But uh, when you get to some of the other lakes, you know, uh, Grace Lake or or the North-South Twin Lakes or Big Bass Lake, uh, several others I can mention, the bass actually have an existence on the weed line where you can catch them with a, you know, with the same gear you fish walleyes with and uh, put a jig and a worm down there, a jig and a plastic worm down there, and uh, cast to the weed line and you can catch largemouth. It, it is a fun fish to catch, and it seems to me that I'm just hearing more and more people getting into bass fishing the last, I'd say, three, four years. Well, I think that's a, you know, the, the largemouth bass is the most popular uh, fish pursued within, you know, in the United States. And and one thing that's been discovered, and I've been preaching that for an awful lot of years, that the, the, the bass fishing that we have, not only the largemouth, but the smallmouth as well, is absolutely as good in our state as any place in the country. And, and in our area, just have so many options to, to do that. And I think we're learning more and more as we, we mature as fishermen that we want to catch fish and we want to have some diversity in our, in our uh, fishing lifestyles. And, and that sometimes requires uh, fishing different uh, bodies of water, obviously, using different techniques, obviously, but also pursuing different species of fish, and I think that's the one thing that keeps us uh, really dialed in. And and uh, you know, all fish are are alike. They they uh, they eat to survive, and and uh, they fight when we hook them. And uh, the variety is is just a good thing. And I think people are finding that more and more that. Uh, and, and you know the perch fishing more and more popular, and the pike fishing more and more popular, and the musky fishing, which is growing by leaps and bounds uh, over the last several years or the last couple decades, actually. So yeah, uh, diversity I think has attracted uh, a lot of people to to different species. Still more with Wayne Peterson coming up. This is Fish and Paul Bunyan Country. Take good notes so you sound smart. You're listening to Fish and Paul Bunyan Country. Talking with Dwayne Peterson, Hall of Fame angler and founder of Northland Fishing Tackle today. We know in the last several years that uh, there's been an increase in smallmouth uh, fish in our area waters that didn't used to be there. Are you noticing it's still increasing, or is it about the same? No, I think it's increasing. You know, I think we're discovering more and more uh, fishable populations of smallmouth in, you know, in our area. Uh, 20 years ago, we had to travel quite a ways to find, you know, a smallmouth bite, but now we can, 
we could trailer to several lakes that are very close by that have a nice population of smallmouth. So they seem to be on the, you know, they seem to be flourishing, and I'm not sure what's what's caused it or created it, but, you know, maybe clearer water uh, uh, has had something to do with it. Uh, they just are prolific, and, and they, they're on the move, and once they get established, they... You know they they uh, propagate pretty fast, and they're becoming very very popular. What have you? I know I know you don't do this, uh, but what have you heard from musky anglers? Well, I haven't heard a lot. Uh, I I kind of hear the reports that you have on on fishing Paul Bunyan country, and I do talk to a few musky fishermen. And when I'm on the water, particularly on you know Bemidji and Plantagenet. Uh, which I fish frequently. I see I see muskies and catch one now and then. I actually caught two fifty inches last year while I was while I was walleye fishing with a jig and a minnow. Uh, but this year I I really don't have a pulse on on what's going on with the muskies. I haven't talked to many of the guys. I haven't heard of many you know significant catches. But uh, it's the time of the year where it starts to kick in, and uh, you can be assured that they're they're going to be out there pursuing them, and there's going to be some nice catches. Uh, forthcoming here once you hit the fourth of july and these weeds uh, set up better on the shorelines and the water gets a little uh, uh color to it uh, the casters uh, start to produce a lot more muskies and and i think it's going to happen soon here have you noticed or talked to anybody has there been an increase in northern angling amongst your peers uh, with the, with the new limit this year i haven't noticed that uh, I've talked to people that are surely aware of it, but I haven't. I haven't talked to anybody, uh, or many people, I guess, that have uh, been influenced by the, you know, the more liberal regulations. Uh, I think the jury's out on how effective that's going to be. I surely support the DNR's effort to, to uh, you know, improve the the size quality of our fish through that that uh, you know increased limit of smaller fish, but. I really haven't heard much feedback that uh, that indicates that people are out there specifically pursuing those small pike because of the liberal regulations. Maybe they are, but I haven't heard it. Okay. Anything else you should let uh, you want to let anglers know about as we head into July? Well, uh, no, just fish on, I guess, and <laughs> and uh, enjoy the remainder of the summer. We waited a long time for the winter and the and the cold spring to break and. Boy, we swore that if we ever get some 70-degree days and and some 12-mile-an-hour uh, south winds, we're going fishing every day we possibly can, and that's my my philosophy anyway. <laughs> and I, uh, I think that most people have that feeling, too, that get out when you can and enjoy the, the many, many opportunities that we've got up here. And I think fishing is, you know, fishing is, uh, is very good, particularly if you diversify your pursuit a little bit, get to the different lakes and pursue, pursue different species and the like. And it's, it's a good time to be a fisherman. I'm, I'm looking forward to a couple of trips to Rainy Lake, uh, one in July and one in August that we take every year that gives me a chance to get on some, you know, a different body of water and, and, uh, just enjoy the, summer so no i just i just say uh fish as much as you can and diversify your efforts and appreciate what you catch and uh boy some of those fish fries this time of the year are hard to beat you know Dwayne, uh, you, you mentioned trying some different waters i mean we really should do that every year we should pick about three or four waters we've never fished and try it every year because uh, there's a lot of stuff out there we're missing if we never never check it out 
I think if you're 100% right, and I think that's what's happening, though. I think you're seeing, you know, more and more boats on the trailer and the people moving a little bit. And you look at the leagues at, uh, you know, the uh, Destination Outdoors and Northwoods Bait Shop have got going this year where they, they send their, you know, their participants to different lakes every week, and it forces the guys to to try the different lakes. Uh, that's primarily, I think, a walleye deal, but... But I think the, I think you're seeing people diversifying a lot more in that regard. Dwayne Peterson, Hall of Fame angler from Northland Fishing Tackle, talking fishing with us today, giving us the scoop. Dwayne, we always appreciate your insight and wisdom. Thank you so much. Appreciate the call. A resident aquatic biologist, Dr. Andrew Hapes, joins us next. If you are not listening to Fish and Paul Bunyan Country, we can talk about you and your poor decision-making skills. Ask the aquatic biologist. Time to ask the aquatic biologist another question, and uh, we are with Dr. Andrew Hafes from Bemidji State University. This is one from his students. So, um, you know, we've got fish sharing waters, and yet, uh, you know, walleye's got one kind of a tail, and a sturgeon's got another kind of a tail. What determines and why do they evolve that way? Well, uh, that's a good question. The sturgeon, if you think, at that, think about that fish at first, many people have, you know, seen a sturgeon before, and they know what that tail shape look like, looks like where the top lobe is much longer than the bottom one. It looks like a shark, right? Um, that's a very primitive form of the tail, so what that tail is designed to do is when a fish beats it back and forth, that creates a little bit of lift and causes okay. the fish to go up in the water column a little bit. And so the combination of that tail type and its fins on the side, it can really steer and regulate where it is in the water column. And you know, that's a, a very primitive way to do that. As the fish became more advanced, they evolved more advanced ways, I guess, to regulate that where they're at in the water column. So many of you have reeled in a perch or a walleye before and seen a gas bladder or the stomach protruding through the mouth, right, because of the changes in pressure. So primitive forms of fish typically don't have that or don't use that as much, and they rely on that tail shape to provide the lift. Whereas your bass, your bluegills, for example, they can just sit in a water column or a crappie can, right, mm-hmm. and they can just use that tail to navigate and steer, and it's not necessarily for lift anymore. So the bluegill or a crappie has the ability to move every single one of its rays and its tail independently, and it's very maneuverable then. Okay. It's more, yeah, for darting around and be able to maneuver. So if you think about the more advanced fish then, there are still differences in tail shapes, right? A cisco has a very forked tail in comparison to a walleye, which is more just kind of boxy at the end. Uh, So there's differences in theirs as well. Pike's fins are all positioned far back on the body, and that's so that it can have really quick thrust, right? It's it's a lion-weight predator. It sits and waits for something to make a mistake, and then it needs a lot of power really quickly. Whereas Cisco are probably swimming around out in the open water constantly, and that fork tail is more designed for that. So it's just very what their hunting strategy is how much they're moving 
that kind of determines whether they have really big boxy tails, you know, at the end, or if they have forked ones that are more aerodynamic but still provide sufficient thrust. Or if you go to the other extreme, shark-type tail, that's a very primitive tail shape that is developed to help with lift because there's no gas bladder. So sturgeons are, have been around a lot longer than some other fish. Right. Oh, for sure. Okay. Right. In terms of evolutionarily, evolution of lines, it goes like sturgeon, uh, bowfin, things like, and gar. Those are very primitive forms of bony fish. Whereas walleye, b- perch, bass, those are very advanced forms. Okay. Late, they've evolved later and they're more agile, different scale types, all different types of things. Okay. I, I guess I had no idea about that. And then, and, and uh, I guess my next question then would be, why didn't the sturgeon themselves have some of these evolutionary changes over the years? Well, that's a good question. Uh, <laughs> that's a good question. <laughs> okay. Well, there, were, there were more species of sturgeon, right? And same thing with the sharks and all of those. But the ones that we see today are still those that have persisted, right? And they have lost some traits that their ancestors had. Uh, mm-hmm. For example, you don't see too many scales on a paddlefish anymore, right? Or right. you don't see there's these big scoots, they call them, the big bony layer or armor on the edge of a sturgeon, but you don't really see scales. So they've lost some characteristics, but it's interesting okay. to note that they haven't, they've been able to persist. Right? Yeah. In lots of systems, they are a threatened species, though. Right. So that's also probably not a coincidence. Well, they, uh, they're doing well in Lake of the Woods and Rainy. Oh, for sure. That's great. And people great. absolutely love that. Yeah. All right. Well, and that was a, that was a true aquatic biology question in, in all its forms for Dr. Andrew Hayes. Andy, thanks for your time today. Thank you. Fish tail, Bob Barnhill, country, country.